welcome to our 2023 Christmas service. Amen. We got a lot of mics going on here. There we go. Amen. Today is going to be a very special day. Hallelujah. We promise, you know, squeals uh, the entire service. It's going to be incredible. So, amen. No, this is one of our favorite days of the entire year. Uh, we have a great big service planned. Uh, we're going to have lots of fun and celebrations. And uh, But the biggest thing of all is that we're celebrating the birth of the very most important person that has ever lived on planet Earth. We're celebrating Jesus today. Can we give him a great big shout? Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Well, as you're coming in, uh, just want to, you know, let you know a little bit about this service. Here in a little bit, our children's ministry, uh, they're performing a Christmas play and uh, doing some songs and things like that. And then after the service is over today, uh, we want you to know that we've got Christmas dinner and we want you to stick around. And you may say, well, I didn't know. I didn't bring anything. That's okay. Just stick around. We want you to be here with us. And then we have a gift for every child child that is present in the service today. Newborn babies up through seniors in high school, we bought them a Christmas present and we want them to be here. That'll be after the dinner. And I'm going to let Pastor Katie give some quick instructions on the children's uh, ministry today because they're doing things a little bit different with dismissal and stuff. Okay, if you have younger children um, who are not in first grade yet, so kindergarten and under, um, they are already in their classes. However, first grade and above will be dismissed after worship. Their teachers will meet them at the back at the double doors and walk them along the sidewalk to class. You'll be able to pick them up in Victory Hall, which is directly behind this building after service. It's very important that you have registered them and that you have your sticker with you because we're not going to give your kids to random people. And you're kind of random if you don't have your sticker. So we need for you to make sure to keep that sticker. If you have lost it for some reason, please just stop back by the children's registration booth and you can show your ID and they'll go ahead and give give you an additional sticker. It's one thing when you first register and the kid's with you and so we know it's yours, you know. But when you show up without them, we got to just double check. We want things to be safe around here for sure. So again, make sure you have your sticker. The children after worship will be dismissed to the back of the sanctuary, and you will be able to pick them up after service in Victory Hall. Very good. All right. Well, let's go ahead and stand up this morning. We're going to open up our service. We always do this by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. Uh, we love Jesus and we do love America and we believe that our nation is coming to Jesus. And as we do this, I'm going to uh, also let you know it's going to be a very, very packed house today, as you can see. So uh, you may have to sit right up next to somebody for once and not have a space in between you. <gasps> you know, pretend you're on an airplane. It's going to be a very fun time. But you got to get nice and close. Amen. You may not look this good, though. I mean, come on. Look at this. But it's okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. All right. So let's speak these words of faith over America, and then we will get started. Amen. Let's say this. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. 
we declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. All right, so what we normally do now is what we call meet and greet time, where we would typically walk around and just give high fives, hugs, handshakes, and all that stuff. So today, it's going to be a condensed version, so we don't have, you know, you running into each other and stuff. So why don't you take a minute while the worship team plays a song here, and you can greet those in your immediate vicinity. How's that sound? Amen? And so give them a nice high five or something. Introduce yourself just briefly, and then we're going to move on with the service. Okay, let's go.
Good morning. Good morning, family. Maybe. Maybe. Good morning, family. Are we on? No. We're not on. Now I'm on. Just kidding. Okay. They always tell me I'm not loud enough when I'm holding a microphone. But then when I'm not holding a microphone, they tell me I'm too loud. It's a life thing. Anyway, the worship team has a gift they would like to give you this morning. And I'm really quite excited about it. Are you ready? Okay. All right. So Pastor Dave was joking with us about the 12 days of Christmas on Wednesday night. So I thought that since he told me that I needed to sing it, we're going to go ahead and sing it today. I've asked some volunteers to come up and help us with the song. So uh, let's bring our volunteers over here. My beautiful wife is directing traffic, so. All right, here we go, here we go. Okay, so for my volunteers, when I get to your gift of the song, I need you guys to hold up your sign and act it out or dance or something. Something to let us know what number we're on. You're going to do the best you can. So let's see. We've never done this before. Let's give it a shot. A partridge in a pear tree. Santa Christmas, my true love said to me. Two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the third day of Christmas, my true love said to me. Three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love said to me. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Christmas, my true love gave to me five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtles, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me six geese a laying, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtles. And a partridge in a pear tree On the seventh day of Christmas My true love sent to me And then seven, six geese of land Five golden rings Four fallen birds, three French hens, two turtles And a partridge in a pear tree On the eighth day of Christmas My true love sent to me Eight maids of milk and seven swans of cinnamon Six geese of land Golden rings Four fallen birds, three French hens, two turtles And a partridge in a pear tree On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me Nine ladies dancing, eight bits of milk and seven On the cinnamon tins, east of land Five golden rings Four fallen birds, three French hens, two turtles and a partridge in a pear tree. On the tenth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me ten lords of leaf and eight ladies dancing. Nine and seven, 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 seven,
about the church if you somehow by a miracle of the lord can take that card to the information booth that's in front of the bookstore they will give you a gift that also comes with free coffee after service now that being said i'm glad you're with us today it is almost like this all the time it's a family church okay that's what we are it's just family here so the worship team just gave you a family style gift. Praise God. Yeah. We love Jesus. And that's what Jesus meant for us to do is to have and enjoy life. And boy, did I enjoy that. Not quite as much as I'm about to enjoy this. So Pastor Dave, sir, <clears throat> there are a select number of people who have a gift for you. Yeah. If you could turn and face the screen, please. And as he says, roll that beautiful bean footage. So Tim came up with a good idea. So this December, up until what, the 17th? I think it's the 17th. We're gonna be giving Pastor Dave some gnomes. What do we got? First night is the little family. Let's try not to get caught, let's go. This is the knockoff. <laughs> 
Day one accomplished. So it begins. <laughs> Night two, we're going. Gnome dashing. Gnome dashing. Gnome dashing. <laughs> we're trying to sneak. We're doing night three right now. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Gnome time. Gnome, gnome. Gnome time. We're gnoming right now. We're gnoming? Yeah. We're gnome dashing. Okay, can dashing you through the gnomes. Gnome dashing. Gnome dashing. Okay, here we go. Just me and Jesse tonight. We're the only ones that can make it. We are going to throw this on the wall. Here we go. Alright, it's Jesse and me tonight. The gnomes. I'm Pastor Dave. We love you, brother. Have them fun. Another night in home dashing complete. Woohoo! <laughs> One more night. Love you yesterday. Tomorrow night, the major night. Yeah. We'll see you Sunday. Pastor Dave, we love you, and this is for you. <laughs> and I give this gnome dashing a 9.7. Awesome. <laughs> Let's do this. Well, all of our gnomies, um, they love you very much. Um, and those of you who have teenagers that you're believing God for right now, and you just wish they could quit tearing up stuff and behave themselves, this is what it's like when they grow up to serve the Lord, okay? This is what happens. So, Tim, my Nomi, would you like to come and explain where in the world this all came from? And give hope to all of us parents of teenagers. Uh, as you know, I'm Tim. Uh, I'm, my name's Tim, and I've been coming here for a good while. And... Uh, Pastor Dave and, and, and 
Bernie Sam, uh, Pastor Bernie, and they, they've been such an amazing inspiration in my life, people that I want to follow and be like. Um, I heard Pastor Dave say he had some gnomes and he lost them on the move to California. And this was last year during Christmas time. So this is a year in the making. So, you know, Pastor Dave, this is a Christmas gift to you. I don't want to always be calling Pastor Dave those problems. I want to lift him up and show him that we care about him more than our financial status, because God provides all, and and our thoughts and our heartaches. You know, this is for you, Pastor Dave. Thank you very much for being there for us, you know, and as well as everybody. All right, well, you know what? I don't even have words to describe how I feel that Tim and Alex and the boys were in my bedroom the other night. That's incredible. Wow. Jeez, I mean, yes, how do you, what do you say to that? That's, that's, wow. Thank you, boys. You did a great job. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. And uh, every day we'd go outside and there's more gnomes. Then they started moving into the house. And then actually this morning I, I came over here just a minute ago to look at my notes. And uh, there's gnomes inside of the pulpit this morning as well. I, and my wife has turned into one. So, I, you know, I just don't know what to say. But you guys are great. We love you. And uh, we love our church family. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you very much. Amen. All right, well, man, let's see what we've got next on the agenda today. Um, let's see, what do we have here? Okay, it's actual announcement time. So uh, give us your attention for about two minutes here. Pastor Katie will do the actual announcements, and then we're going to be getting into the children's play here in just a few minutes so kids can start getting ready that are in the play. Did you hear that, children? Two minutes. Two minutes. Okay, someone put on a two-minute timer. Anyway, um, Today's the Christmas play, in case you didn't know that. Um, the t-shirts are, the church t-shirts are available in the bookstore for $15. And everything in the bookstore is 20% off. And, hold on, I need a person. Harry Berry, can you come here? You're the bestest. Okay, there are five, six of these, okay? I want you to nicely, not like you're tossing it to your brothers, nicely fling them. (laughs) Our insurance is up to date should you have medical issues because of an ornament. They're Christmas ornaments, so walk to this section and fling a couple. Throw high, go. No, one at a time, not all of them. (laughs) Just one at a time. Yeah. Go over here. Oh! Unky Dave's going to help you. (laughs) No, go with him, Hair Bear. We love you, Harry Berry. Throw one forward. Throw it past Jonas. Go. Past Jonas. Go, go, go. Hey. Oh. They kind of spin. Thank you, Harry. Thanks for saying yes. It takes a lot of guts to say yes and walk up here. It's kind of a big deal. Um, The Christmas Eve service is coming. Christmas Eve is on a Sunday, okay? Now, mind you, we're celebrating Jesus. 
we are aware that you want to wear your sweats on Christmas Eve. That's kind of fine. Dress them up a little and make it to church on time, okay? So 10 a.m., Christmas Eve, Sunday morning, we'll have regular service. Then that night, we're going to all dress up in our Christmas sweaters and take our whole family. And we're going to come in and we're going to give our kids glow sticks and we're going to get candles. And we're going to celebrate the birthday of Jesus. Okay? So it's going to be awesome. Christmas Eve evening at 6 o'clock will be our candlelight service. So Sunday's a normal Sunday, except we're celebrating big because it's Christmas Eve. So don't forget and bring your family and your friends and especially your enemies in Jesus' name. Oh, and then we're having communion on New Year's Eve. Now, we're at the point where so many of us, we got old and we just, there's no midnight on Christmas Eve. And those of you who do, more youth to you. Like, absolutely, you just... Enjoy that festive party at your house, celebrating the new year that God has brought you without any substances of any kind. Amen. Now, the rest of us, yeah, it's a thing. Okay, with that being said, how many of you left that and you are more crazy now than you were on substances? Yeah! That's awesome! Okay, we have so much fun and you don't need any of that nonsense. That being said, Christmas Eve service. We're also doing New Year's Eve service, okay, because they're on Sundays. So 6 o'clock that night, we will have communion and we will bring in the new year. And then you can go do whatever it is you're going to do till midnight. We'll be asleep. Yeah. No. We all right. Amen. Well, that's what we've got going on uh, over the next couple of weeks as we head into the new year. Amen. Well, it is time for our children's Christmas play. All right. And so we will start letting the kids get out here. It may take them uh, just a minute. Uh, Mrs. Yeah. Summer is Summer Crank is our children's director, and she put a whole lot of work into this. So we just appreciate what her and her team have done this year. She told me to let you know that uh, the, some of the kids will be singing uh, choir style. There's a couple of solos in here, and they're going to be singing a couple of solo Christmas songs that you may know. The words will be on the screen. You are just, we invite you to sing along with them as they do it. But we're going to give these kids a few minutes to get out here. Don't they look great in their Christmas costumes already? Oh, my goodness. Parents, if you're a parent like me, where really where you want to be is on the floor right in front of where they're at. They removed a table over here. So if you want to make your way and come sit on the floor over here, if you're a parent and you're going to take pictures and all that, um, you have space over here right in front of the steps. All of the backgrounds and production were done by young adults here from church. So there is a whole lot that went into this. We haven't had one in a year, year and a half of production. Um, so this is getting back to normal and they've done a really really amazing job
Here you go, Mary dear. I made you coffee just the way God intended. You know the word says, he brews. Thanks, honey. It's delicious. So what do you think about this fine Nazareth morning? Well, with Jesus' birthday coming around the corner, I was thinking about the night we had him. You remember? The night? What about the whole journey leading up to it? It definitely was a journey. I'll never forget the night that Angel Gabriel came and visited me. <laughs> I wish I could have been there to see your face. And here you scream, <laughs> frightened by an angel of the Lord. I was frightened, honey, but can we talk about how you screamed the night Angel Gabriel came to visit you? I didn't scream that loud. I was speechless. It was such an honor for God to have chosen me to help raise his son. What an honor indeed. I remember being so nervous about being chosen.
you know, the Romans. Those pesky Romans. Who in their right mind brings their nine-month pregnant wife on a week-long journey? Well, honey, you did.
You know what I think was crazy? The amount of people that showed up to honor and see our newborn son. That was crazy. Each one with the word of God about his son being born. What was their stories again? Instructions did tell them to not be afraid, not to scare them.
say the shepherds weren't the strangest visitors. They heard about Jesus the same way we did, from angels. But what about those three guys that followed a star? Yes, the three wise men, led by a star. The Lord really made his birth, son's birth known by all of creation. Bethlehem. There is a newborn king of the Jews. We saw the star when it rose. We have come to worship him. This is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will check my people Israel. Go to Bethlehem. Prophecy says that's where the Messiah will be born. Find the child, report back to me. So I may go and worship him too. <laughs> I think that laugh was just icing on the cake. God remember God remind us in that dream, remember? We will find the Messiah by Dean Bacanville and for the enough to tell to not tell him where the baby is at. I think that laugh was just icing on the cake. God warned us in that dream, remember? Wait, there's going to be cake? Oh, yeah, it's a birthday party, duh! Come on, wise guys, let's go follow that star.
I know that God said our son was special and that Jesus is destined to save the world. But to see people acknowledge and honor our baby boy on the day he was born, call me a softy, Mary, but it still makes me cry. Yes, our son Jesus, son of God, sent to this world to save us all. He has walked where angels walked, he has healed the sick, and he has raised the dead. It's hard to fathom that looking at my sweet baby boy was a little boy that needed me, but then he grew up to be the one that we all needed. There we go. Amen. Didn't they do a great job there? Yes, amen. You know, it, 
Yeah, having that many little kids, uh, pulling something like that off is, uh, it's not, not an easy task, but they did a great job and I'm so proud of them for, uh, the effort and the practice that they put in. And so let's hear it one more time for the kids and the adults. Amen. All right. Well, uh, they're going to be headed to uh, change right now. Uh, all the other kids uh, that are still in the sanctuary with us, after praise and worship here in just a few, we'll dismiss them to class too. That way they can all catch up and they're going to have a party together over there today. So right now we're going to be doing our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And so uh, this is our regular Sunday morning tithes and offerings. It's also our missions Sunday. And on the third Sunday of every month, we support our missionaries. And uh, Mrs. Pastor is going to uh, give us a little update on that real quick and do our regular tithes and offerings. Then we'll get into some praise and worship together today. All right. Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. Amen. Hey, if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand. And one of our ushers will give you an envelope for our tithes and our offerings. Um, as uh, Pastor Dave said, this is Mission Sunday. And so I want to give you an update on Liz and Dana Nile. Now, part of this, I can't tell you what nations they were in. There were two nations that they went to that we are not allowed to say where they were because they're communist nations. But in one of the communist nations, 500 of them got baptized in the Holy Ghost. 500 in one nation. Six of them in there, and that and that crowd got born again. But then they went to the, Phili the Philippines... They, uh, they went to a prison, and a uh, hundred of the prisoners there received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in the, in the, in the Philippines. I mean, I, they just go all over the world. The end of their ministry is uh, ends of the earth ministry, and I put their letter on the missions board, which is back there by the entryway, and you, and you can read those two nations that I can't, I'm not allowed to say their names over the air because it's so dangerous, not only for them, but for the, for the people that live in those nations. But, I mean, it's just amazing the stuff that they do. They were on 32 flights. They had meals in six different cultures. And you don't realize that when they go overseas like that, they feed the people, but they have to pay to feed the people. The people don't pay to feed themselves. And so a lot of our money that we give into missions to our to uh, Liz and Dana Nile uh, go to feed the people. There's a hand back there, uh, Walter, back there. So some of the nations that I am able to tell you they went to, they went, uh, or no, this year in the spring, they want to go to India, Sri Lanka, Italy, and Peru. So you can tell that they are always out there doing the things that they want to do. I want to tell you about our offering scripture today, uh, Philippians 4.19. I'm in the New King James. It says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, the only way that you can claim this scripture is if you're a tither first. You don't get any, you don't get any, uh, uh, income back from tithing. That's what we owe the Lord. You know, the 10% belongs to the Lord. But if you're on, give offerings on top of that, that's where you get your harvest from is your offerings. And so you can't go around saying, oh, but God's going to supply all my needs if you're number one, not a tither. If you're number two, you don't give offerings. And in this particular scripture...
first place and how he told that to the people who had supplied his needs so that he could travel all over the places that he traveled. And so make sure that you go back, read our missions board. We have lots of missionaries that we support. And uh, But I wanted to give you an update on Liz and Dana Nile. They're back in the States. They got back on December the 5th. And so they're chilling up in Montana, up in the snow. So hallelujah. We'll see them sometime this year. So you can bring up your tithes, your offerings, and uh, your missions offerings. And make sure that you uh, mark your envelopes or your checks plainly missions. Otherwise, that just goes in the general fund. So let's stand up and say our uh, financial faith confession. bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
in the church and the church of Christ was born and then the spirit lit the flame now this gospel truth of all shall not feel shall not faint by his blood and in his name in his freedom I am free for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me
That's how much he loves us. Let's one more time give the Lord a shout of praise together today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy of all of our praise, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm going to have Pastor Katie here uh, give some instructions to the children that are heading out to their classes. And then us adults will get into the Word of God for a few minutes here today. So you may be seated at this time. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Give us the lights back there if you could. Ushers. Thank you. All right. Give us some directions for these kids. Children's Church teachers, if you could be at these back doors, awesome, and raise your hands. I'm going to dismiss varsity first. So that is our fourth and fifth graders. Who do we have serving in that class today? The fourth and fifth grade varsity class. Okay, that's Miss Betty. She's all Christmas and sparkly. So fourth and fifth graders, if you could line up in front of Miss Betty, that would be a blessing. Awesome. And then we have our Jam Senior class. Who is that? That's Mr. Dave. We love Mr. Dave. Second and third grades. And Miss Virginia, they're right under the clock. So second and third grades, you can line up over there. I believe that covers us in classes. Is that, Miss Desiree, we still have junior. Oh, still a bunch of littles. Parents started getting really nervous for a second. It's okay. I was wrong. Okay, the Jam Littles class, which is preschool, kindergarten, and first grade. That's Miss Rosa Linda, who's on this side by the doors. And parents, you can walk your children there to make sure they make it there. That would be good. So kindergarten, preschool, and first grades will be with Miss Rosie and Mr. Jojo. Thank you for all of your patience this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what a day we're having today. And I know it's a little, we just got a lot going on in this service. So it's a little bit different than how uh, we normally uh, do the service. Uh, but it's a special day. And I'm so grateful, man, that we've got so many kids at our church. Uh, that just blesses me so much to see parents raising their children in the house of God. Amen. So let's hear it for these families, these kids, these parents. Amen doing things God's way, uh, that that is the hope for our future, amen? The hope for this nation is Jesus and parents teaching their kids the ways of Jesus and the Word of God, and so it's a great sign, and, uh, and we absolutely love all the kids that God has blessed us with. So good job, parents, uh, and getting them uh, into the house of God, and uh, you're doing a good job with that, amen? All right, well... This morning, now it's finally time that we're going to spend a few minutes getting into the Word of God today. Who thinks that at Christmas time it's a really good idea to include Jesus in the festivities, right? You know? <laughs> 
and, and we get it, man. There's so much going on. I tell you, this has been just one of the busiest weeks of my entire life. Every night of the week, we've had an event, and you can ask my kids. They've just all like, hey, where's mom and dad? We've been all over the place, but the truth of the matter is this, is in the midst of all the busyness, in the midst of all the festivities and parties and ugly sweaters and cookies and all these great things, we love them, amen, uh, we never want to lose sight of what it is that we're celebrating and who we're celebrating, and that is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth and he became one of us, amen, and so uh, we're doing a sermon series on Sunday mornings called Mighty God, and today is part three of that series, and we're going to spend a few minutes kind of unwrapping uh, something very in particular about Jesus, the mighty God, and I don't know if we've got any sermon outlines left, but if you did not get a sermon outline to follow along with, uh, it'll have the Bible verses on it and the main points we're going to make. If you would like one of those, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you and kind of help you make sense of, of what we're talking about today. So... Our opening verse is going to be this, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Amen. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. So we're going to give you a second to turn there. And I'm going to move my pulpit over. That way I'm actually where you guys are at. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, we got almost everybody on this over here today uh, to make room for the, for the dinner later on. So Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Now this is a prophecy about a coming Savior that would be born someday. Uh, this is about 700 years before Jesus was actually born. Uh, but Isaiah prophesied what was going to happen. And he gave us some information about this Savior 700 years before he ever even came to earth. And here's what he said, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, he says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Amen. We've said it every week, but who knows that Jesus is a very good counselor if you need a little counsel. Amen. We've all needed that. And Jesus always has the right word for us. The next thing that he's going to be called is Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And I can tell you that Jesus is every single one of those things in my life. Is there anybody else here today that could say, Jesus is the Prince of Peace in my life? Jesus is the Everlasting Father. He's my wonderful Counselor. And guess what? He is the Mighty God. Someone should say amen today. Amen. And so, you know, we're going to kind of uh, unpack this just a little bit, unwrap this information about Jesus. But one thing that I love about Jesus, and this is what we're going to mainly talk about today, is how Jesus became one of us. You understand that he had a pretty good thing going for him, don't you know? <laughs> like He had heaven. He had streets made out of gold, the, you know, mansions, just, just nothing but perfection every day of the week. You can't get any better than being in heaven. And Jesus left all of that aside and came down here to earth so he could become one of us. And I mean, that's just, uh, uh, that, that's an incredible thing to think about. If you had even a small glimpse of how incredible heaven is, you, you would get this, that Jesus, it cost him a lot 
to come down here and become one of us. But I, I was thinking about this. Has anyone in here ever watched the TV show called Undercover Boss? And, you know, hey, that's that's a good show. I'm not going to lie. I like that show. But, you know, it, it's always funny because you'll have some millionaire CEO or or owner or, or president of the corporation. They leave their mansion and their beautiful life and all their, all their you know, luxury. And then next thing you know, they're scrubbing a toilet to Jack in the Box or something like that. Or, you know, they're flipping burgers at White Castle. And, 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 and it's always funny because, like, do you even really know what you're doing down here with all of us? And and it's it's funny and they're like, well, we just want to know what you know our, our people work through, what their conditions are like. And I can say that as I've been an employee at different places, I, I've always appreciated when the boss would come in and put in a little bit of the dirty work with us and show us that they aren't afraid uh, to get dirty like the rest of us. Uh, but we understand, like you know, you're going to go back to that office <laughs> and you don't know what we're going through down here. Uh, I read an article the other other day, it was an interesting interview with the wife of a very rich man named Jeff Bezos. Now, this guy is worth hundreds of billions of dollars, and um, we don't have—I don't have a lot in common with Jeff, to be honest. Uh, I just, you know, we're, we're at two different spectrums of society here. But his wife was kind of, you know, trying to paint the picture of we're just normal people like you guys. We eat dinner around the table at night. Uh, our kids play soccer, and they've got homework, too. Really, other than $600 billion, we're just like all of you minions. And and so, and so and, and she, she didn't say it that way, but that's how some of the readers felt. And so, you know, she's going through all this, and people are like, okay, you know, I, I, I get it. Uh, you, you're trying to, you know, uh, relate and identify with and find common ground with, you know, all the rest of us regular people. The thing is, yes, we do eat dinner at home around the table, but our, our five-star executive chef didn't cook it. We, you know, we had we had to go in there and stir the ramen ourselves, somebody. Amen. But don't feed, you know, don't do that. Don't do that. That's, that's not good for your health. Amen. But, you know, it, it, it was a sweet attempt. And we've kind of seen this over the past several years. It's been pointed out that more and more billionaires are, are trying to trying to paint themselves as, you know, the common man, just like us. And, and the truth is, they're obviously, their eternal soul is worth no more than anybody else's is. Uh, but I don't feel they can always fully identify with some of the stuff that we go through, uh, just being normal people, just my opinion. And, and, and what I love about Jesus is this, like we said just a minute ago, more than, than Elon Musk, more than Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or anybody else, Jesus was billions of times more rich and, and billions of times better off than any of those guys. He voluntarily gave it all away, laid it all aside so he could get down here and become one of us. I want to show you an opening thing here this morning in Philippians chapter 2. So let's go to Philippians chapter 2. This won't be on your uh, handout there, I don't think. This is Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 5 through 8. But Jesus is the most important person that's ever lived, and I will stand by that statement. Does anybody else agree that Jesus is the most important, phenomenal person that the world has ever seen? He absolutely is. And, you know... When I was a kid growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, many moons ago, uh, did you ever come across another kid that would call you something like <clears throat> poopy pants, uh, booger breath, poopy head? 
you know. And whenever someone threw an insult of that level, okay, there was only one response in the 90s. It takes one to know one. And, you know, that's, that's all you could say. And then, like, there was no response to that. You instantly won the whole thing. And, and, and listen, you know, whatever we may be today, this is what I love about Jesus. It takes one to know one. He became one of us so he could know us and, and, and be like us. And so he could understand and identify with the problems that we face. And so, just like when Jeff Bezos says, I know what you guys are going through. Times are tough everywhere. I'm like, No, you don't. That's a lie. But when Jesus says, I have been there, I know what it's like, I can help you through this, I say, amen. You do know because you did lay it all aside and you can identify with our weaknesses. Amen. He's been here. And so Philippians chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 5 through 8. And it says this, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Look at this, verse 6. Though he was God, who knows that Jesus is God, right? Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. What does that mean? Jesus didn't come down here flexing on everybody like, hey, show some respect, all right? The man's walking through. The king of all kings is here. Show me some respect. Amen. No, he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. He didn't hold that over their heads. Verse seven. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And so Jesus came to this earth and he didn't, you know, live this luxurious, incredible life. He didn't have the Cadillac chariot of the day. Amen. You know, we see him riding on a, on a colt, a, a donkey and things like that. Jesus became one of us. Why? So he could know what it was like and, and so he could die for our sins. If he was just a spirit in heaven, spirits don't die. He had to have a body to die in. Hebrews chapter 2 tells us that. And so this morning, we're going to briefly look at three ways Jesus can identify with us. Three ways Jesus can identify with us. Number one, he did not have a perfect family. Come on, guys, say amen. You know you don't. We love you, but there's some issues. Amen. Some of this, you know, some of them put the fun and dysfunctional, and we get that. It's okay. But, uh, but Jesus did not have a perfect family. Though Jesus was perfect and is perfect, he lived in a family with regular people. As you study the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see that Mary and Joseph went on to have other children. And so Jesus was the big brother of other siblings, and he lived in a household with other people. And so I know this much that the more that I, I know people and talk to people, you should know this. And maybe this would be encouraging to you today that no family is perfect. None of us. My family's got issues. Your family's got issues. And one thing the devil will try to do whenever your family's going through something is shame you and say, oh, man, you all are fakes. You're losers. Nobody else in church is going through that. But little do you know that we are all going through a lot of the same things. Don't let the devil isolate you. 
fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Do something about it. But Jesus knew what it was like to live in an imperfect family. I heard a story about a baby dedication that took place at a church. And after the dedication of his baby brother in church, uh, little Johnny was crying the whole way home. And his mom and dad were like, what's wrong? Why do you keep crying? Your little brother just got dedicated. You should be happy about all this. And finally, little Johnny says, the pastor said that he wanted us kids brought up in a Christian home, but I want to live with you guys. Even Christian homes have some rough patches sometimes. Amen. And so let's look at John chapter 7. John chapter 7. And so Jesus uniquely lived in a blended family. Uh, him and his siblings did not share the same father. If you've read the Christmas story, you know what I'm talking about. You get that? Okay, very good. I don't, I mean, I don't really want to explain all that. So, uh, and so Jesus was in a blended family and his brothers made fun of him. We've got several passages of scripture where Jesus' own brothers were trash talking. They were roasting Jesus. Can you believe this? His own brothers. And you would think like, man, if there's anywhere I can find some support, at least it's with my brothers. Well, I can identify with Jesus because I've got some crazy brothers too. Amen? Oh, wait, none of, oh, there's, oh, I got at least one in here. Amen. All right. And so John chapter seven, and we're going to look here at verses two through five, John chapter seven, verses two through five. And here we've got a story of Jesus own brothers kind of giving him a hard time. It says in verse two, but soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. And Jesus brother said to him, leave here and go to Judea where your followers can see your miracles. And you would think, oh, boys, they're getting along. This is sweet. No, verse 4, you can't become famous if you hide like this, Jesus. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. And look at this, verse 5, for even his brothers did not believe in him. They weren't saying this as a way to encourage and promote Jesus worldwide ministry. They were saying like, we don't, you're, we don't believe you. You're, you're Jesus. We grew up with you. Uh, there's nothing special about you. And, and I'm sure that that hurt to some extent, right? Have you ever, you don't raise your hand if they're in here, but have you ever had family members like that they just did not support your vision and your dream for your life? <laughs> you know, you know that God planted something in there. God was doing something and they're like, oh my gosh, would you just shut up. All right. No, there's nothing special about you. And Jesus went through this exact same type of thing. Now we see in another story in Mark chapter six, uh, where Jesus decided to go to his hometown in Nazareth. And so, uh, Jesus was out, you know, on the circuit, going from village to village, healing the sick, casting out devils, uh, you know, just doing all these miraculous things. And so he's like, you know what, let's go back to my hometown. And so Jesus was born in the little town of Bethlehem, but he was raised in a place called Nazareth. And so he goes to his hometown and everyone's thinking like, oh my goodness, man, we saw some big things in this city. We saw some miraculous things over there. I can't wait till we get to Jesus' old neighborhood. Oh my gosh, the miracles are going to be through the roof. It's going to be incredible when we've got a hometown crowd. Who knows that? And sports, home field advantage can be a great thing. But family life, if uh, they're kind of not on your side, it's not an advantage sometimes to be on the home field. And so let's look here in Mark chapter 6, and we'll see verses 4 through 6. 
And what I'm trying to tell you here is Jesus can identify with everything that we go through. Mark 6, starting at verse 4. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except maybe to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. That is an incredible story. Notice it doesn't say Jesus wouldn't do any miracles. It says he couldn't do any miracles. And that kind of slaps some of our theology in the face sometimes because we're like, Jesus can just do anything that he just wants to do. Well, we have a part to play in the miracle. Do you know that? That if you're in need of a miracle today, you have a role to play. Your role is to believe in the power of Jesus. And it doesn't say that Jesus just, he wouldn't do any miracles that day. It says he couldn't do any miracles that day because of their unbelief. Your unbelief can cripple the power of God from working in your life. You got to know that, that Jesus has got the power. You've got to provide the belief. Amen. You've got to provide the faith. And because none of these guys had any faith, they didn't see any of the big things happening that Jesus saw everywhere else he went. And so I'm telling you that Jesus faced a lot of the same things that we face, even family difficulties. I was, I was hearing about Winston Churchill. Do you know who that is? The, the leader of Great Britain during World War II? Well, he gave this, this speech and, and, and somebody was talking about this, but he said, we shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and, and in the streets and we shall fight on the hills. And somebody said, Hey, that sounds just like my family vacation. Fighting on the beaches, fighting on the hills, fighting in the street. That should not be our family vacation. And so just because there are issues going on in our family, listen, you're not the only one, but I'm also telling you it doesn't have to stay that way. Who knows that Jesus could heal your family? Absolutely. Jesus can heal your marriage, your family, your kids, anything, but we have to believe. Number two today is this. We're talking about how Jesus can identify with us. Number one, he didn't have a perfect family, just like all of us. Number two, he faced temptation and testing. Jesus faced temptation and testing. And so I want you to see something here today in Hebrews chapter four and verse 15. Hebrews 4 and verse 15, and you need to know that if there's anything that you've been tempted with or tested with, Jesus was tempted in the same way. Do you know that today? That Jesus faced it. If you face that temptation, Jesus has faced it. So we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. Hebrews 4 verse 15. Speaking of temptation, I'm just curious. Um, how many of you are tempted, even as an adult, to peek at the Christmas presents still? Okay. My wife is, and it's, it's hard. 
it's getting harder after 19 years of marriage to hide the presence. I, I don't, uh, but, but she, she always, she's, she's always peeking and trying to find stuff. And I'm like, man, listen, would Jesus do that? No. And so, you know, we're, we're working through that. We're working through it, but she, she's a peeker. Uh, she just, she does. And so, uh, you know, maybe we should start a, a Christmas present peeker support group next year. And some of you guys could help each other out. Because that girl needs help. Amen. Okay. All right. Hebrews 4 and verse 15, it tells us this about Jesus. It says, this high priest of ours, talking about Jesus, understands our weaknesses. How could he understand our weaknesses? For he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Jesus faced all of the same temptations and testings that we do, but Jesus did not sin. Well, how did Jesus overcome temptation? And I'm going to show you something today that if you are dealing with some sort of a a temptation or a test from the devil, Jesus gave us the playbook. He gave us the blueprint on how to overcome temptation and testing. But there's a few things you should know about temptation and testing. And, and, And one is this, is that it's not a sin to be tempted. Because if it was, then that would mean that Jesus sinned at some point, right? And who knows that Jesus never sinned. Yet the scripture clearly tells us right there that he did face temptation. And so it's not a sin to be tempted. It is a sin when we give in to the wrong temptations. And so Jesus showed us how to overcome temptation. And so if temptation is a thing and testing is a thing, then there has to be a way to overcome it. And so I'm going to tell you today that there is a way to overcome temptation and testing in our lives. Let's look at Matthew chapter four, Matthew chapter four. Amen. And so what we have here is after Jesus got baptized, he was uh, led to the wilderness uh, where he did fasting for 40 days. Can you imagine a 40 day fast? He didn't eat anything for 40 days. And, and during this time, because we understand that he lived in a physical body like we do, who knows that if you went 40 days without eating, you probably wouldn't be your normal self right? Some of you, I know if you go like 40 minutes without eating, you just turn in very nasty, right? You know who you are. Don't raise your hand. We already know you. Okay. But here's the thing. There's food coming at the end of this service. We'll try to get you to the front of the line if possible. So you'll be nice. Don't, don't, don't ruin my Christmas this year. Okay, please. So, but Jesus went 40 days without eating 40 days of fasting. And even Jesus himself in his physical body had to be in some sort of a weakened state. I mean, Jesus as a human being, he had to eat. He had to drink. He had to sleep just like we do. He had these human needs. And so in Matthew four, while he's in this, I would say physically weakened state, what we have is the devil comes and tries to tempt him with different things. He's like, hey, you must be hungry, huh? If you're the son of God, just turn this, these stones into bread. If you can do anything, Jesus. And, and Jesus responds and says, no, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone. And so Jesus tells the devil no, and he responds with 
the word of God. And so, uh, and another time the devil comes and, and, and he says, Hey, just what, if you, if you really are who you say you are, just jump off, man, jump off the, the top of the temple here, jump off. And, 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 and the Bible doesn't it say that he will cause his angels to, to catch you. And Jesus says, no, it is written that you shall not test the Lord, your God. And so you should know that you can't just go jump off a building and say, I'm testing if the Bible works. You're going to fall on the ground and get hurt very badly. And uh, we don't want to see that, right? And so the Bible warns us against doing stupid things like that. And Jesus knew that. But then the devil comes for a third time. We're in Matthew 4, looking at verse 8. Matthew 4, looking at verse 8. It says, next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Think about that. What if Jesus in this weakened moment, what if Jesus in this moment was like, oh, gosh, I can't take it. What if he kneeled down to the devil? Where would the world be right now? It's nuts. We would not be here at this moment, I can tell you that. That would be the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of the world if Satan could have got Jesus Christ himself to take a knee in front of him and say, just give me a break, just leave me alone. That would have been really bad. But what did Jesus do in this moment? I love what he says in verse 10. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. And so in all these, all three of these scenarios, how did Jesus overcome temptation and testing? Well, one, he told the devil to get away. And we can do that in the name of Jesus. And the second thing he did was he always answered with a scripture. Always. And so that's why it's so important that we begin to get the word of God into our hearts. And we begin to speak the word of God out. Now, that we all know none of us are going to memorize the entire Bible. We get that. But if you've got some verses in here when the devil says, hey, you know, go take a look at that. Hey, come take a drink of this. Hey, why don't you go over here with this one? You would say, absolutely not. Get away from me, Satan. It is written, amen, that, you know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I say no in the name of Jesus. But that's what we got to notice day is that Jesus himself, he can identify with you. So don't ever again say something like, nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows because Jesus is going to say, I do. (laughs) I do know what you're going through. And I have the answer on how to get you out of this. I love Jesus. He's the mighty God. He became one of us so he could save us. He laid aside everything and came down to this place. And I don't care. The fanciest place on planet earth is a dump compared to heaven. You should know that. And Jesus laid it all aside so he could be us. Amen. Become like us so he could save us. And the third thing today that we're going to say about how Jesus can identify with us is this, is that Jesus had to face loneliness. Jesus had to face some loneliness. Now, for me, this would be a strange topic to talk about because 
I never get any time alone. It's really hard. <laughs> I got a whole bunch of kids, amen? And some of you guys are too, but, you know? And, and, and so, uh, but this is something that I want to point out. But even, you know, even as I was writing this message, you know, I had one kid doing a puppet show, one kid begging me to jump on the trampoline, girls wanting me to check out their hair and makeup, and, 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 and you know, dogs chasing each other. It's great. You, you would really love my house if the gnome video uh, didn't, you know, show you. Uh, it's a great place. We love it over there. It's, it's fun. So, uh, but, but loneliness is, you may be in your thinking, well, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if I can identify with that. But the truth is, is that at some point or another, every one of us, you could be surrounded by people. You could be in this room right now with hundreds of people, yet feel lonely and empty and separated on the inside. And one thing that, that astonished me just looking up statistics is nearly eight out of 10 Gen Z uh, individuals uh, and, and seven out of 10 millennials uh, re- you know, report that they, they feel very lonely and depressed. And I'm like, how could you? And, and you know, you, you've got a, a thousand TikTok followers. That should be all the fulfillment that you need as an 18 year old. And I, I make fun of that a lot. I'm sorry. But, you know, and, and so people are, they're looking for fulfillment and they're looking for, you know, connections, but they're not getting them. And even young people, feel extremely lonely these days. And and actually in 2019, the Cigna Health Group declared loneliness and depression and its effects on people to be a national pandemic level. In 2019, I'm like, how, how could this be? We've let people have more access to us. We know what you're eating, where you went to the store at. We know every detail about your lives, yet you feel empty and shallow and no fulfillment why is this and 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 so we also know this much that at christmas time more people commit suicide during the holidays than any other time of year and that and that's a sad thing to look at because for some of us we're jolly and full of joy and but you don't know the person next to you you don't know what they're dealing with and i found that out in life man be nice to people. You have no idea what they're going through. And then someone that, you know, at work may be grumpy that day or may not be perfect like you are, because we know you're perfect and never make mistakes. But, you know, somebody else may not be uh, uh, attaining uh, to the level that you have set for them, but you also don't know what in the world they're going through right now. You don't know that last year at this time they lost their mom. You don't know that that, that they're going home to an empty house after Christmas dinner at church today. Why don't you cut people some slack? Amen. Why, why don't we? Why don't we just be be nice? And and I mean that sounds so you know not very deep, but scripturally, man, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, uh, Jesus said, well, the Galatians six tells us you will reap what you sow. Amen. You're mean to everybody. You're cranky and rude and nasty. Don't expect to get treated like a princess if you treat everybody else like dirt. It ain't happening. Why? Because then the Bible would be proven wrong. You no, know, you reap what you sow. Uh, it always comes back to you. And one thing that we always say around here is, 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 is a lot of people hold themselves maybe to this standard, but hold everybody else to this standard. You're allowed to treat us bad, but we got to treat you like the king. Don't live like that. Jesus, he came to earth and he didn't demand to be treated like anything. It says right there that he didn't cling to his rights as God. He laid it aside. Why? 
Because he actually loved people and he wanted to save us. And I want to look here this morning at Matthew 27. Matthew 27. Because what I'm trying to tell you right now is that Jesus himself faced some loneliness. And so when Jesus died on the cross, there was obviously physical pain involved. You understand that, right? I mean, the level of pain that the man endured for us is mind-blowing. We will never comprehend what Jesus went through on that cross. But in Matthew 27, we're, we're going to look at the story here of right before Jesus dies. And the worst part about the cross for Jesus wasn't the beating on the back. It wasn't the, you know, the, the, the spear that went into his side. It wasn't even the crown of thorns or the nails or, you know, they, they hung the man basically naked in front of his, his own mother and were just screaming blasphemous, horrific things in front of him. The worst part was that for the first time in his life, he faced separation from his dad from his father in heaven. And and he had never, they'd always, Jesus kept saying, even throughout the, the gospels, I and my father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. And he, I mean, he just said, we're inseparable. But in order to save you, he had to face separation because he had to descend to the lower parts of the earth. The book of Ephesians tells us Jesus had to face hell so he could beat the devil and give you a chance at eternal life. Amen. And the only way to do this was to the fir- for the first time in his life, be separated from his father, from his dad. It had never happened before. And so in Matthew 27, looking at verses 45 and 46, it says at noon, high noon, when it should be the brightest part of the day, darkness fell across the entire land until three o'clock. I mean, that should have been some sort of a warning signal to the soldiers and everybody else like, okay, something's going on here because it just doesn't turn midnight dark at noon, high noon, and stay that way for three hours. This was a very strange thing. And then it says at about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemme sabachthani, which means my God, my God, why? have you abandoned me? And so we see right here, I would say just the absolute lowest moment that Jesus could have imagined. Here he is, his disciple. Remember his best friends, the 12 boys, the disciples, they said, Oh, we've got your back. But when the soldiers showed up, they split all his friends were gone. Uh, Peter, one of his three best friends says, I would die for you. And then three times in one night, he says, I don't know him. No, hey, don't, don't associate me with that guy. I don't even know him. Can you imagine that you've been falsely arrested and your own family, your friends, they all scatter and abandon you. And then you're very, I mean, Peter, we're talking about Peter here. You see him right there. You're in your moment of need. And I believe it's Luke says that they even made eye contact and Jesus says, I don't know him. And that's when the rooster crowed and Peter was like, oh my God. Oh no, 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 I did it. Oh my gosh. Jesus has always been there for me. Every time I needed him, he was there. Every bad day I've ever had, Jesus came and made it better. Every bad thing, Jesus was there. And the one time that he needed me, I abandoned him. 
Where are we at today? Think about this. He's, has he, he's always been there for you. And you may say, oh, well, I've had some bad days. He was there. He was there. Maybe you didn't know it. He did not leave you. I will tell you that right now. Maybe you left him, but don't you dare say that he left you because he didn't. He did not leave you. He was there. And that's why you're in this room today even still. Because he didn't leave you. He didn't give up on you. But the one time that Jesus needed somebody, they all abandoned him. And a lot of us, hey, I've done that. We've done that. We've abandoned him at times. And it's a sad, sad thing. And But the good news is he forgives us. And so here he is, finally on the cross. And the last thing that had to happen for the man to experience physical death was God had to, I can't. Uh, he, he had to separate. And so Jesus cries out, God, dad, where are you? Why did you abandon me? Why have you forsaken me? And then we see that Jesus dies. And his, here's this, you know, his mom is right there. Mary, right there. His good friend, John was still there. He had John. And before he died, Jesus says, John, take care of my mom, please, okay? Please take care of my mom. And he says, mother, your son. Son, your mother. And so Jesus, isn't that, what a good son, that even as he's dying in excruciating pain, he's making arrangements that his mom would still be taken care of. What a guy. What a man. So she sees this baby that was born in a, a, a born in a barn, the king of the world should have been born in a barn. He should have been born in a palace, in luxury. He should have been, I mean, it should have been that way. She sees the baby that was born in a barn. Now he's 33 years old in front of everybody, dying a criminal's death on a cross. And all of us, we see the cross and we're like, oh, it's beautiful. The cross. Back then, you might as well, you know, you're wearing a cross around your neck and, and it's, you should. That's wonderful. You should do that. But... Back then, you might as well have been having a, you know, a, a necklace with the electric chair on it or something. I mean, only bad people died on crosses. Not the, not the good people. I mean, when Jesus died on the cross, Hebrews tells us that he ignored the shame of it. This was the worst way you could die. Any other way would have been a whole lot better. But he died hanging on a cross in front of his own mom, screaming and crying and, and people yelling insults and slapping and mocking and throwing and spitting. And he he volunteered. This was his, He chose to do this. Nobody forced him to do it. He said, no, the Son of Man will give away his life as a ransom for many. This is, this is my gift. I, I do. No one's forcing me. I volunteered. I signed up for this. I did this because I wanted to. Think about that. And so, for the first time ever, Jesus faced loneliness. And if we think we're lonely, I will tell you now, the epitome of lonely is being separated from God. And when someone goes to hell, you know, the flames, they sound very bad. The other things sound very bad. The absolute worst part about hell is you're stuck there, eternally separated from God. You have zero hope. It will never change. One billion years from now, you will still be there, separated from God. And Jesus voluntarily experienced this for us. He identifies with us. He knows what it's like. But I want to show you as we begin to close out today, Matthew chapter 28. Just flip over a page or so here. Matthew chapter 28. 
Because all these things that we've seen today, and believe me, there's a long list more. We only had time to look at three things. But these things that we looked at today, the good news is, is that Jesus faced them and went through them. And that means that he made a way for us to be victorious over them. And so if you've got family issues, Jesus is the answer. If you've got temptation and testing issues, Jesus is the answer. If you face loneliness and separation and depression, Jesus is the answer today. We should say amen to that today. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to look here at verse 20. And this is one of the final things that Jesus said before he ascended up into heaven. And I love this. This is one of my favorites. It's, I'm going to read it in the King James today. Matthew 28 and verse 20. He tells them, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Here it is. And lo, I am with you always. Even to the end of the world. Amen. And so, amen. Hallelujah. And so what I'm telling you today is this. Jesus faced being alone so you would never have to be alone again. Even if you go home to an empty house today, Jesus is with you always even to the end of the world. Even if for whatever other reasons you may be facing loneliness and, and, and sadness and whatever the case is, separation, I don't know what it is. I can tell you this much. Jesus faced it. So you would never again have to say, I'm alone. Nobody cares. Nobody knows. I don't know what I'm going to do. Jesus is there with you. That's really, really good news today. I remember when I was 15 years old, one of the worst things in my life happened. One of the closest people uh, that that our family ever had died in a tragic accident. He fell off of a building in Indianapolis and died at like 43 years old. And so, I mean, it was bad. I didn't know what to do. And, I, you know, th- nobody knew what to do. It, it was a very bad situation. I've never felt like that in my life. But as a 15-year-old, I knew this much, I got to cling to Jesus. I don't know what else to do. I literally don't know what else to do. And so as a 15-year-old, I just, I couldn't let go of Jesus. And and I know that we, in our hearts and on the inside, we know we cling to Jesus. I didn't fully understand everything. I, man, I slept with a Bible under my arm at night, like it was a teddy bear. Cause I was like, I can't let go of Jesus. I, I don't know what else to do. I got to have Jesus. And, and if this is the, if this is the only thing that can help me, if this is the only thing that can bring me comfort, if this is the only thing that can help me not feel alone, I don't care what anybody thinks. I, I can't let go. And so, I mean, I just, I, I, I would just sleep like this all night long because I knew that Jesus is the word. And if, at least if I've got my Bible, I, I've got Jesus right here with me. And what I want to tell you today is this. Jesus didn't leave me. We made it through that. And, and, and praise God for, you know, where we are today. But Jesus will not leave you. He faced separation and loneliness. So you would never again have to say, I'm alone. Nobody cares. He cares. He identifies. He knows where you're at. And he can get you through anything that comes your way. Do you know that today? Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise this morning? Let's stand up together. Amen. I'm going to ask us to stand up together. And and yes, we're beginning to 
wind the service down today. But the biggest thing that I can do this morning is this. I want to pray with you today and and give you a chance to make sure that you're in the right relationship with God. And maybe you're here and you've just never really done the Jesus thing, the church thing. Okay, all right. Maybe you're here and at one point you did have a relationship with God, but somewhere along the way, we understand he never left you, he never let go. But maybe there's a chance that you did let go. Well, we're not here to, to judge you on that today or shame you. We're just here to build a bridge and give you a chance to get back with the Lord where you need to be. I can tell you this is the number one most important thing of your life. It, it doesn't matter how much money you have at this point. It doesn't matter how much followers you have online. None of it. Who cares if you're not going to be with Jesus in the end? If you're going to have to face loneliness all on your own and have no hope. What would any of that matter at that point? I want to lead us in a prayer today if we could do that. Can we bow our heads? Can we close our eyes? And I want to give you a chance to pray to the Lord, to make things right with God. Let's say this together. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again. Jesus, give me the strength to live for you. My life is yours. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise today? Hallelujah. God is so good. Praise the Lord. Hey, Alex, I'm going to use you real quick. Alex, come over here. Um, if you're here and you prayed that prayer today, and uh, and this is maybe uh, your chance to get things uh, right with God, and, and you're interested, you're not faking it, you really want to have a relationship with Jesus, we have a program called Spiritual Personal Trainer. And if you'd be interested, we will connect you with someone else from church here for the next 30 days. They will pray with you and for you. They will text you some Bible verses and a devotion every day and mentor you for a full month to help you get started on your relationship with God. If you're interested in that, we're going to be praying for people in just a minute. Come see Alex. He's just going to get your name and number, and we will connect you with somebody else from church that can do that, okay? It's a very powerful and important thing that we're offering there today. All right? Before we close out, I'm going to ask my prayer team to come on up this morning. Let's get our prayer team up here. And what we want to do, uh, in just a minute, we're going to be getting to the food and all that fun stuff, the presents and the festivities, and, and everyone's excited about that. But what we want to do is if you're here and you need prayer for anything this morning, maybe you've got a family thing going on, maybe you've got something else going on. Hey, Tom, can you mute the choir mic down here? If you need prayer for anything at all today, we want to give you that chance to receive prayer. We'll move it kind of fast because we've got a lot of people here. So if you need prayer, just come right up to anybody. You don't have to be connected just to Pastor Katie. You can go to anybody in the uh, on the prayer line and get prayer. <laughs> She's got this fan club following. It's ridiculous. They, people only want her to pray, but hey, amen. Yeah. <laughs> The rest of us do not pray. It's incredible. They, they taught us. So anyway, she's coming. Oh, she's going to sit down now, so you can't even go to her. All right. So if you need prayer, come on up. We're going to quickly pray for you and then go back to your seat.
and we'll give some instructions for the food in just a minute, okay? So if you want a spiritual personal trainer, see Alex. If you want prayer, come on up this morning, and we're going to pray with you very quickly in Jesus' name. <laughs> oh, wait, she's, she can't escape it. She can't escape it. All right. Praise God. Pastor Josh, lead us in a song. In the darkness we were waiting without hope, without light. So from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes. To fulfill the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word. From the throne of endless glory, to a cradle in the dirt. God. 
Till that stone was moved for good For the Lamb had conquered death And the dead was from their tombs And the angels stood in awe For the souls of all who come To the Father are restored And the church of Christ was born And the Spirit lit the flame gospel truth of all shall not be shall not fail by his blood and in his name and in his freedom I am free for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me service so far and so we're going to start winding things down now for the service portion and we're going to get into our christmas dinner and our christmas presents amen pastor katie she's going to help give some instructions on this Uh, a few things we want to say is again please stick around even if you didn't bring something we want you to be here with us uh but we always want to honor our seniors or maybe those that need a little bit of extra help. And so, in fact, right now I'm even going to start um, dismissing any of our seniors or those that need help to the back. And Pastor Kate will give us some instructions here. Now, you know, you can't eat till we pray, right? So even if you make it to the back, don't make a plate yet. Okay. He likes to heckle me. It's fine. He laid off of Pastor Josh today. So Pastor Josh got a day off of the heckling, and I won today. And I've already bought your Christmas presents, so you can just heckle away. It's fine. You knew about the gnomes. I have 60 gnomes at my house. I don't feel bad. (laughs) I just hug people when I pray for them. You don't hug. You're not a hugger. And, you know, a couple years ago, 
a couple years ago. <laughs> well, not even a couple of years ago. Last month. Yeah. Last month, um, for Pastor Josh's birthday, Pastor Dave told all of you to make sure you gave Pastor Josh a hug because Pastor Josh is not a hugger. Anyway, Pastor Dave would love some hugs today. Amen. Anyway, okay, here's your instructions. So if you are one of our grandparents of the church, of course, please get in line first. If you are a parent of small children, please, please walk with them, help them. If you are a parent of teenagers, help them have manners. (laughs) They can make their own plates, just please No piles. Go back for seconds after everyone's been through. Um, Please do pick up your children in children's church classes first. They will all be in Victory Hall unless you drop them off here or there. And they will still be in here or their classrooms. But if they are in second, third, fourth, and fifth, where's one of my children's church people? They're all over there. What about these? Okay, this classroom is the nursery. If you dropped your child off here, they are still there. The rest of your children, the rest of your children are back there. So follow the sidewalk, use the back door, and please try to move through the line quickly. Please throw away your own trash and clean up your own table. There's no one to tip here. Okay? There is also photo area. Please enjoy the balloons. Don't pop them. Okay? Let's pray over the food before we do our Barstow Faith Confession. Robert's telling me what to do. Oh, oh, oh. He texted me during service and I didn't listen. Yeah, the ushers text during service. It's a no-no. Anyway, if you have things on your chairs... Take it with you because they're probably, especially these brown chairs, they're going to need them for the tables. So take your things with you as you leave, and then you won't forget anything or lose anything. Are you ready to pray? Father, thank you so very much that you understand every detail of our lives and everything in our hearts. Lord, we ask today that you would help us walk out all that you created us to do and to be and your purpose for our lives. We ask today, Father, that you would connect us and give us relationships within our church family. We ask that you would bless our food, take sickness away from the midst of us, and give long, give us long, fruitful lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody. So if you got to pick your kids up, go do that. The rest of you can start getting in line there, and it's going to be awesome. Oh, Barstow Faith Confession. My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Here we go. Let's do this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Now go get your kids.